I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this is PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today is my good friend, McKelly Barra. McKelly, what's up? Hey, Andrew. Well, everything's fine over here. Um, what about you? Uh, I'm, doing, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you know who's not doing good today? Ooh. Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I read that. He's just, Russell Westbrook has been suspended if you somehow missed the news over the weekend. Uh, he received his 16th technical foul when he just bum-rushed Clay Thompson, who wanted no part of anything. <laughs> and then he picked up his 16th technical foul, uh, and he won't be playing against Miami tonight. The, the Thunder should be able to beat Miami without Russell, uh, especially the version that played the other night. They should might actually benefit from him not being there. Um, but what are your what are your thoughts on the, the text? And we can talk a little bit about how his behavior after the game. Yeah, I mean, I think for let's let's take uh, aside um, the, the like if the technical wasn't or was um, deserved. I think it was deserved uh, for OKC purposes. It's good that he got it tonight and not on, against Miami because we will need Russell Westbrook to play against Toronto, at least the home game. Yeah, uh, no have a chance. And so if you have to skip a game um, and rest and calm yourself uh, because maybe Russ needed it, um, it is a good game to, to lose. Uh, on the other end, I mean, you could see it coming. Russ was pissed. Uh, I think it was like two or three calls that he... Uh, wanted and the referee didn't didn't give him. I, I have I haven't looked back and see if those goals were actually something that you can argue or not. Um, but you cannot go all all the way and you you bump into clay and then you add some uh, you you yell at the referee. Then it means that you want that technical foul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he. I mean, he had to have known what he was doing. And he knew he had 15, and he wouldn't answer those questions afterwards. But you're right. How embarrassing would it have been if he picked up a tech against Goran Dragic tonight, and then he is suspended for the Nick Collison game? Like, yeah, that would be that would be very embarrassing. I would assume. I think the Thunder were probably just fine with this being the game, the opponent, and just the night in particular, because it would be. It would it would add like a really strange dynamic had Russell been suspended for the Nick Collison jersey night. Yeah, I mean, if you if you sum up the fact that it's Nick's retirement, uh, Nick's jersey re- retirement, it would have been really bad, really really bad for for him. Um, and to be honest, like that moment was uh, the peak of the thunder embarrassment 
against Golden State. I think that the first quarter was really the worst 10 minutes. Maybe the game against Memphis came close to that, mm-hmm. that the Thunder played. Um, there was no initial engagement on defense. I posted a defensive sequence of Russ, but it was not the only one. I, I didn't... I didn't saw the intensity that OKC can put on the floor. And that was sad because, I mean, you you have a chance. Uh, KD is not playing. And you don't come out with your best defensive quarter. And that somehow is something that OKC sometimes does for no no reason yeah. or no reason that we can know of. Mm-hmm. And it's... It's, it's something that left uh, a bad taste on your mouth mm-hmm. somehow. Yeah, it was weird. They came out so flat. They didn't. They didn't seem to know what they wanted to do on either end when they yeah. when they got out there on the court. And I don't know. I mean, a lot of people are going to jump to, "Well, that's Billy Donovan's fault. Like the guy just doesn't know what he's doing. He shouldn't be coaching the team." I mean, okay, like. I mean, Billy Donovan has a game plan for every game. And it's not just like, guys, do your best. Just really just play basketball and, and do your best. Like, he has a specific game plan. And it was obviously not executed by the players. And and some of that is on Billy to make sure that they are executing the right stuff. And fighting and playing good defense. And Billy talked about that post game that he thought that they were, that they were really bad uh, in the first quarter. And they were. I mean, and then you look at the rest of the totals. So Golden State ended up putting up 40 because they took away um, one point on a three from Steph. But then you look at the last three quarters, 24 in the second, 23 in the third, and 24 in the fourth. Like, you can live with those totals there. Yeah, but you can't, absolutely. But you can't survive 40 points. Like, you just can't do that. Uh, I mean, they did the same thing against the Hawks. Like, you can't treat the Warriors like the Hawks. And if you do, they're just going to destroy you. I feel like they turned it on uh, after the first quarter, but then it was just too late. And their offense just wasn't nearly good enough. And I thought they actually did some good stuff on offense, but I think Terrence Ferguson missing all of his threes was hurtful because if he could have connected on one or two of those, it could have gotten them a little bit of momentum. And maybe the Warriors would have thought about guarding him then. But like they they were just ignoring him. They were ignoring Jeremy, who ended up going through six and three. They were ignoring yeah. Westbrook on the perimeter. And yeah. rightly so, it ended up paying off for them because no nobody made them pay. Nobody did. Yeah, and we we know um, that teams in the playoffs will guard OKC this way. They will focus on PG. Uh, leave Russ wide open for three, hoping that he takes them and miss them. Um, they will leave Terrence Ferguson, even if his per- percentage from three are good enough to be guarded. I think that if you have to pick your poison, you do that. And a team like Golden State it has a few very good defenders, but they want to really focus on, on the main option. And they have Boogie Cousins, so they have to make choices. I think that this is the choice that every team will make against OKC. And if Terrence can hit, uh, Jeremy can hit, and Russ can be okay uh, from in uh, spot-up trees opportunities, then this team is 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 difficult to guard. Mm-hmm. But you, as an opponent, you make the gamble at least in the fourth in the first quarter, and you see what happens. And this is why 
your for your first quarter defense is so important because if your offense is not going against a very good team you are dead and um yeah so it's it's fine to give up uh like close to 110 points to the warriors but the distribution of those points, as you said before, it's it's really important, and, and because if you play from behind against a team that can hit trees at the rate that the Golden State can, it's very hard to climb back. And they tried, they tried twice, they they come close twice, and um, but yeah, I mean, you cannot leave that opportunity to to Golden State to play uh, in the comfort zone where you have like a, a ten point cushion. Yeah. Yeah, and you know they fought back. I think they got within seven or seven. eight. Yeah, yeah, seven in the second quarter, and then they just kind of they just couldn't keep up. They couldn't keep up the defensive intensity. Uh, I thought Adams actually played a decent game. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Paul did as well. Uh, Jeremy was all out of sorts. He hit those threes, but other than that, he was four. So he was three of six from three, but four for eleven overall. Uh, he yeah. also had a basket taken away from him. That was that was weird. So, like, the sequence was Jeremy drives to the basket, scores over Draymond Green. Draymond Green falls to the ground. There was not a call made. There was nothing made. And then, because Draymond Green stays on the ground holding his face, they decide to go take a look at it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like... That's not a thing, you guys. You can't just create a yeah. call after you don't make a call. Like I, I, I'm pretty sure that that was wrong. I actually talked to somebody else uh, in the OKC media after the game, and he was like, "I looked it up, and that's not a thing. Like they can't. That is not yeah. something you can do. If it, if there's a call made, then yeah, you can review it. You can review, yes. But there was not a call made. There's not a call yeah. to reverse." Like you can't just yeah. go around just taking away baskets from people because somebody inadvertently got hurt. Like that—that's a dangerous thing to do to the game. And I think that they made a mistake, but it—it—it's just a strange precedent to set. And it makes like people are like, "Well, why are these stars being such babies? They're always grabbing their face and staying on the ground. They're rewarded it for works? it. <laughs> They're rewarded exactly. for it. Like you have to like." You like don't ever ever wonder why Russell grabs his face and lays on the ground after he gets hit anymore because that's the reason why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and to be fair, uh, like to to add to it, I don't think that the contact was worthy of a like even if they called like a foul and look back to the to the to the monitor. I mean, that contact was because Dre had his face in Jeremy's chest. Mm-hmm. Like he was going down in the motion. He was dunking the ball. Green was all over him. And yes, he hit him in the face. But can you really say that he did it on purpose or even that that was not part of his natural movement to dunk the ball? Right. Like it's insane. A, you cannot do that. B, it's the wrong call. Yeah. Like even if there were, uh, um, there was like a, a whistle or, or anything that could trigger a replay. You shouldn't like rule that the way you did. Yeah, it was very weird. That was that was yeah. That was so awful, and everybody was just like looking around, like what? Like they're doing what? Yeah, they're taking away yeah. the basket. It was just yeah. it was just an unbelievable moment. Uh, 
I mean, overall, I think that this, this is, and it, that game hurts worse than any other game this season, uh, because of the opponent, because of how important it felt, uh, because we're, you know, 12 games away from the playoffs now. Like, I get it. I totally get it. But I just don't think that it's indicative of who this team is and who they're going to be moving forward. Uh, and I know there's a lot, there's a lot of emotion <laughs> that night. Uh, on Twitter and whatnot, and like I get it, like it's okay to, to be upset about that, but I just I don't think that it definitely means like oh this team is for sure losing in the first round. They're definitely going to be the seventh seed, and yeah, you know, like those things could definitely happen, but it doesn't mean that. Oops, ooh, birds. Sorry. Hey, bird. It definitely doesn't indicate exactly who this team is moving forward. Is it concerning? I mean, yeah, I think it is. I don't think that it's something that you just just throw away. But I don't think that it mm-hmm. necessarily indicates who they're going to be moving forward or even come playoff time. Yeah, I mean, it's a game. Uh, it's a game where your superstar um, played probably his worst basketball game of the season, close to the one in Memphis. But at least there you, you can say that he had a good closure of the game. With this one, it was a disaster from top to bottom. Uh, he had like games like that shooting-wise early in the season. But I thought that this game, Russ, was completely out of sorts. Um, and probably a technical foul put him in a worse spot, if possible. So if Russ played like that, sure, that's that's your ceiling. And if you're betting that Russ plays like that in uh, four games of a playoff series, then yes, it's probably going to be um, an, easy, an easy out in the first round. But I'm not betting on that. It's 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 not fair to judge a team that is um, still can win like 48, 49, 50, so close to last season, mm-hmm. um, to the last season record in a better Western Conference. I think it's not fair to 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 say that this they, they, because of the way they lost to Golden State. Now this is their ceiling. Um, but as you said, there are important things to be noticed about this game. And we, we mentioned a few. And I think that if OKC does not want to play 48 minutes of defense against the playoff opponents, then they, they are away from their identity and everything can happen. But if they lock in um, defensively from the first minute of the game, then we know that this team has potential. Probably the only game that I can remember, there are a few probably during the season, but where they were locked in defensively for most of the game, especially from the, from, um, the beginning, and then they lost anyway. It's the games against, the, the recent one is against Indy. But it was a second night of a back to back after a tough schedule uh, because they were away. They changed it like four time zones in five days. So if this team plays the defense that, he, that, that they can, they are not going to go away that easily in the in the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's what it comes down to is the defense. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. And they've shown like they did that against Utah. They played great against Utah. Yeah, it was just surprising yeah. that it was against this team that they would show up like they were the Brooklyn Nets. You know, yeah. like they played yeah. just like they did against Brooklyn, and they just didn't hit shots in the second half. And I think that it's honestly, it could be a good lesson for them and for Russell that you can't just pick and choose when you're engaging against good teams. And for the most part, I don't feel like they have. 
I feel like they do engage fully against good teams, but it felt like let's just try it. Like Kevin's gone, let's just see. Let's see what I can get. A- it felt like let's see what we can get away with, kind of thing. And yeah. Curry just lit them up. I mean, he put on an absolute show against the yeah. Thunder. He was, and like this shows you like how much this Golden State Warriors team does not need Kevin Durant. Like yeah. he is the absolute sprinkles on top of the icing of the cake. Like you don't, yeah. it's very unnecessary. Does it make them better? Sure. Does it make the cake a little bit better? Yeah. I think that my son would argue that sprinkles make the cake a lot better, but completely unnecessary. And don't really, I mean, it's just, it's just unbelievable. Like watching that team, you're like, this team also has Kevin Durant. Like you gotta be. Yeah. You, like, and that's where I'm, everybody's, I just, I think this team is just inevitably gonna win the title unless there's an injury that happens. I just don't think you okay. can match. You just can't match up. It just it's yeah. just really. I just don't think anybody can match up with them. Yeah, and to to go a little bit in a in a like nerdy talks about that game. They didn't use the pick and roll between Boogie and or Dre and Curry as much. Right. What they did and what ruined the Thunder was putting the point guards in screening actions, Dennis Schroeder and Russell Westbrook. I mean, this team is able to pick your weaknesses and show them to the entire NBA. Like, they started off with side pick and rolls between guards. And they, they knew that Russ is a weak link when put into screen way more than when, he put, when they put him into switches, as we saw against uh, uh, Thaddeus Young, for example, in Indiana. He was able to... to to hold on that switch. But if you, if you put Russ and Dennis in screening actions, not with your with your big, and so when, when you have Stephen Adams that covers a lot of space, you can get away with your pick and roll defense because you have time to go over the screen. If the screener is, is like Clay or Steph and you're defending that screen with Terrence Ferguson, you have a different kind of, um, of defensive scheme. And they did it at the beginning, and they did it when OKC closed the game. Like when they were closed, like plus seven, plus eight, as we, as we said before, they did it twice in the corner with the same results, like three mm-hmm. points. One because of a foul, and the other one because of a three of Steph Curry. And that was probably uh, telling of what Golden State can do um, against you and what, what OKC was not ready to to face and so if if you want to blame billy a little bit uh and maybe he had a plan but was not able to communicate it to players is that precise thing golden state is the best team at screening uh at, at, at using guards for screens and the thunder were not prepared for that it's weird because that's not a new wrinkle from them <laughs> That's no, no, but to use it as much, I think it was something specific. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not because I'm not watching the Warriors every night. Uh, but I, I, I thought that they use it way more than the other games that I saw against them. Yeah, but even using it more, like you should be prepared for that. Like, yeah, they, they've played like that for since they became the Warriors. You know, yeah, yeah. Like four, You're like four, completely four right. years ago. I mean, like that. This is how they played. I just, I, I just, I think that Russell, for 
and maybe it's for a reason that's even not basketball reasons, just came out just kind of just pissy and just frustrated. And it didn't take him long to pick up that tech. Did not. And he was not fighting on defense. He was just not engaged. I mean, his stat line, it's the most embarrassing Russell Westbrook stat line ever. (laughs) I mean, honestly, 2 of 16, 3 of 4 from the free throw line, 8 rebounds, 9 assists, a steal, a block, 4 turnovers, 5 fouls. He's a minus 18, 7 points. He had 7 points on 16 shots. Like, you just can't do that. You just, I mean... You cannot have that kind of game. You, at least you got to try to get to the free throw line more than that. You know, Paul did. That's how Paul basically got a, a bunch of his points. Was he fought to the free throw line? He was. He had twenty nine points on twenty five shots, thirteen rebounds, two assists, a steal. Like Paul was good enough. You know, four of twelve yeah. from three is not wonderful, but he was good enough. And Russell was not. He was the worst version of Russell. Where he sometimes his emotions can help, you know, push him along. I think that it just absolutely derailed him. I think he got absolutely derailed by his emotions that night. Uh, a couple of bright spots. I thought the bench was actually good. I yeah. thought that Morris was was really good. I thought Nader played some nice minutes as well. And then I thought Schroeder definitely helped the offense more than he heard it uh, against Golden State. So there was definitely some bright spots. And Deontay, man, that pass that he had. To Morris in the corner mm-hmm. um, yeah. across the baseline was great. I I loved that, and I I wish that we could see more of him. Uh, like Nader played 19 minutes. That's a lot, and it, a lot of it, you know, probably nine of those are because it was a blowout. But yeah, uh, I would still like to see more from Deontay. I love that pass was very impressive. Yeah, Deontay was that pass was great. And I think that this is what Deontay can bring to this team. And it's different from what this team has. To have an extra creator on the wing, it's something that is missing, I think, when mm-hmm. PG is off the court. Nader did some uh, over the last five to six games. Deontay did some last night, uh, two nights ago. So I think that there is something there uh, that OKC should take a look during the offseason and see what can be a role for Deontay Burton. Because I, I feel like the... The, the the coaching staff wants him to play the four. Yeah. And I wonder if you can carve some more minutes from him at the three, three spot. It's tricky to have both him and Nader on the court um, with maybe Morris because that really slows you down on defense. And so um, I'm curious to see uh, how they are going to use it. Back to Russ for one last comment. Mm-hmm. Have you seen his shot chart for the game? I I did see it briefly, yeah. Like, even if you have the like a horrible, horrible night, the Golden State Warriors have an okay rim protector in Cousins, and I'm saying okay because of his status, uh, of the fact that he torn his Achilles last season. Mm-hmm. So he's not as athletic as he used to be. Just drive through him. Mm-hmm. You really need to go to the basket because against a team that doesn't have any, I know that Ray will probably protect the rim, Draymond Green, uh, but you really need to try. If you, if you shoot yourself into the game or outside the game, uh, if you, if we see the results, it's, it's not a way to beat Golden State. I remember vividly game five against the Warriors in Oracle uh, in 2016, where Russ was the driving force and he was driving to the rim as crazy. Like this is 
how you beat the Warriors by out. You have to put your body on them. Mm-hmm. You have to be better from a physical point of view. And if you settle for jumpers and if you play the jumper game against them, there's no chance. Even if you if you score a bunch of them, yeah, this is not the way you put Golden State into troubles. Yeah, and that's that's where like Russell, like the best and worst thing about Russell is his confidence. Mm-hmm. Like he's still so confident that he can make shots. And he has since the All-Star break. He's been a lot better. But, I mean, it it hasn't helped their offensive efficiency at all. In fact, like since the All-Star break, they're 29th in offensive efficiency. And, yeah. like, Russell's got, like, it's great that his shot's falling. Sweet. Let's use that to the Thunder's advantage instead of just, like, trying to make Russell, like, a complete focal point. Because if like Russell can hit shots and Paul can hit shots, like you still need Paul taking more shots, like period. And I just I just think they have not figured out what to do now that Russell is making shots. I think they were honest; they were honestly better off when Russell wasn't making shots, and you had Paul and Ferguson and all those guys hitting, and Russell could just go in there and create. Um, And he had like an on night every once in a while. But since Russell's jumper has reappeared. I don't think that they've figured out they haven't figured out a good mesh for that yet. And time's running out, guys. You got twelve games here. So like yeah. you, you can't you cannot be the twenty ninth ranked offense in the league heading into the playoffs. Like they've got to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. And part of that is PG being inefficient. The fact without, that OKC without a, a doubt. good offense. Yes. yes and yes. and turns Ferguson uh, shooting slump. I didn't check the number, but I'm confident that over the last 10 games, he's shooting like below 33, 33%. Yeah. Uh, maybe something below that. Um, so there's a few things, but for sure, having Russell controlling as many of the offensive possessions of OKC is not a good uh, recipe for success, especially if he's the one that uh, finishes them. And yeah. so, yeah, I think that the sweet spot, we said it many times, the sweet spot is having Russ shooting around 45% from the field and having him shooting like between 15 and 18 times. Mm-hmm. That would be great. But there is, I think, some correlation between the volume and the efficiency uh, for us. That is um, inver- like it's inverse for like him or like to other players. For players, is usually if you have an high volume, it's hard to be efficient. For yeah. us, it's the opposite. When he has a low volume, is really inefficient. And so, at least this season, so it's it's hard to find the balance. Yeah. Um, to your point on Ferguson, he's thirty eight percent pre All Star break, post twenty eight percent. Yeah, yeah. From three on the same number of attempts per game. Yeah, which is good. The fact that that he's still trusting his shot. But yeah, I mean, uh, if you want an efficient offense, you have to make them. Yeah. And he's gone through slumps. Like, it's only 13 games. So, like, it's not completely alarming. It's not like, oh, well, this is the kind of player he is now. And I know that, like, everybody's just kind of in a negative space right now with this team. And, like, I, I totally get it. And, you know, as a fan, like, you can be in that place. But I just – I think they're there's still a chance to turn it around. But they've they've got to probably start to do that this week. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mikel, I want to tell you about physical. 
physical is a, a therapy and balance center. Uh, physical is spelled F Y Z I C A L. Uh, and I've, I've driven by there, <clears throat> excuse me, a few times, not knowing what it was. Uh, I've kind of seen the logo off there on May Avenue um, and thought it was kind of something for older people, but it's really just not. It's for people that want to just feel better. Uh, if you're recovering from an accident, a surgery, if medicine is not an avenue that you want to go to to relieve pain and you just want to grab a consultation at physical, that is something you could and should do. That's F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L. If you're looking to lose and maintain weight, gain strength and endurance, the Physical Therapy and Balance Center is for you. They have a variety of different specialists. So every person's program, every treatment is unique. So just stop in. You can find out more information on their website. Go to physical, that's F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L dot com backslash Oklahoma dash city. Or you can give them a call 405-400-8909. That's 405-400-8909. Please go check out physical. They're awesome. And they love basketball too, which is helpful. So support the people that support down to dunk. Uh, okay, let's let's take a look at the standings. I know that this is probably something that fans would like to avoid rather than discuss, but I think that we should probably discuss it here. Briefly, uh, yeah. So CJ McCollum is going to be okay, which I think is good. It's good news. You don't want to yeah. wish for season-ending injuries or career-altering injuries for a player. I don't remember what the exact diagnosis is, but he's going to be reevaluated in a week and yeah. probably back playing. So that does change things for the Thunder. Uh, they're a half game back of the Blazers right now. And without CJ, I'm not – I'll just let's see who they're playing because I it, that is important. They play the Pacers um, on – they play the Pacers tonight. So that's a big game for them. And yeah. without CJ, I think that's a tough one to win. I mean, obviously the Thunder, no. Like that team is just tough. And I think that they're easy to underestimate because you go in and you're like, oh, they're playing Thad Young and, you know, Bojan Bogdanovich and we're playing Domas. Like, yeah, those guys are tough. That's cool. They've got, they got something cute going on here. Then you play them and they're like, this team's for real. Like they're, they're really, yeah. a really tough team. Uh, and so, uh, it's that's a, that's going to be a challenge for them. But I think that like if you're the Thunder, like you just can't sleepwalk through any of these games anymore. Like they have to play like they did for the first two quarters against the Pacers, pretty much the rest of the way, if they're going to want any chance at home court. Because if they yeah. if they even sleepwalk through a couple games, like they can kiss home court goodbye. And like Indiana or not Indiana. Um, Portland's schedule is not that tough. They play Indiana uh, at home. They play Dallas at home. They play Detroit at home. They play Brooklyn at home. And then they have Chicago, Atlanta, Detroit, Minnesota, Memphis. They get Denver twice. And they finish the season with the Lakers and Sacramento. Like their schedule yeah. is pretty easy. And so yes. for the th- like the, first, they need them to take a nosedive this week with CJ out, which is possible. Um, but not something like at this point, like you don't want your seating to be out of your hands. You want to be able to try to control it the best that you can. And 
I think the Thunder, they were like this last season, and it just ended up working out for them that they got home court advantage. But they're reaching the point where their seeding is going to be out of their hands, and they're just going to they're going to be hoping that other teams lose. And they didn't have to be in this position. Post-All-Star nope. break, they did not have to play like this. And some of it is really bad timing with the Paul George injury. Like, I get that. Um, but it's also the defensive engagement. Paul George was has been engaged defensively since yep. coming back from the injury. And, like, they, they just needed to be better. I think they're ninth. They're ranked ninth on defensive efficiency since the All-Star break, which was honestly a little bit surprising to me that they were even ranked that high. Uh, but still, like, that's not good enough for this team. Like, this team's potential is top in the top five, at least. Yes. And when you don't reach that, I think that it's it's problematic. Yeah. Back to CJ. Uh, Jeff's thoughts. Um, who is a Twitter person that knows a ton about injuries, said that this injury occurred also to Kevin Garnett at the end of the uh, of one of the Minnesota seasons, and it didn't end really well. Yeah. Um, so it's it's tricky. It's not a long term thing, but it can linger. It can be something that you play, you feel discomfort, you stay out again. So it's. I hope the CJ um, is well because a is he is one of my favorite offensive player to watch, and so yeah. um, I hope that he plays for Portland. But it it's it's not uh, like season ending or whatever. But you have to take it carefully. So mm-hmm. probably Portland will want to take um, some extra uh, measure um, as all team. Mm-hmm. Do by the way, all teams do by the way. So uh, we de- you never know how how much time uh, he will miss, and this could play in terms of favor, uh, in terms of the seeding. But the, the schedule that you mentioned is so easy compared to the one that OKC has to face, mm-hmm. and so um, it depends. It really depends. OKC has some winnable game. They have nine games, if I'm not mistaken, at home, uh, which is a great advantage because this team tends to play better at home, um, and so. There's a way, uh, there's a like a scenario where OKC ends up being the four seed with margin if yeah. they play the right way, because they have they have something into them and uh, they just have to play consistency, uh, to play consistent basketball, and um, um, it would be great to see consistency over the last twelve games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have my doubts about that just because we have, yeah. <laughs> we have not seen a consistent team at all out of out of these guys. And maybe, I mean, I'm not saying they couldn't put it together, but it just feels very unlikely that we're going to get a consistent team for the last 12 games uh, of the season. Because, I mean, like, they have the Spurs, a game back. Like, the the dead-in-the-water Spurs are a game back of the Thunder right now. They've been 8-2 in their last 10. Uh, The Utah Jazz are a game and a half back of of the Thunder. And yeah. that's a that's a team that has a cakewalk of a schedule to go. And even yeah. the Clippers are a game and a half back. The Thunder are a game and a half back of the eighth seed. Yeah, they can they can end up there. There, there is a uh, a non zero sense the chance that they end up there. Yeah. I wouldn't bet on that just because of the uh, tiebreakers that they have. Yeah, uh, and the wins that they rack up against those teams. Um, they have they have a lot. Like they have one against Golden State, uh, or two. Uh, they have two against Houston. They have four against Portland and and the Jazz. They have one against the Spurs and two against the Clippers. Mm-hmm. So they 
they have a great record against these teams. Um, so in a tiebreaker situation, they will probably end up in the, on the good side. And so if they if they play good enough basketball, I don't think they can uh, go down as the A seed. Yeah. And they're two games back of the three seed Rockets, which seems impossible to get to at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they do have one more game against Houston. And if Houston yep. falters and OKC can hit their stride, like three seeds not impossible uh, and the eight seeds not impossible. And so like yep. they've they've got to play well. Uh, yes. They just they just have to, or else you're gonna like you do not want to play Golden State in round one. Like, I'm sorry, like we just saw why, and not that OKC will play like that, or it'll, I don't think it would be a sweep. I don't think they would play like that uh, every game, but you don't want to lose in round. First round exit. Yes, it's another first round exit. Like, come on, like I think the best case scenario is definitely the four or five matchup for them. Like if you if they match up against the Blazers or San Antonio or Utah in round one, I think that you'd feel pretty good about any yeah. one of those matchups. But if you're matching up with Houston, Denver, or the Warriors, like I'm sorry, you don't want to play those teams. I think they can beat Houston. I think Denver would be super tough. I think obviously yeah. they'd have a chance to beat Denver in the first round, but I wouldn't want to. And I don't know that I would pick the Thunder against that team. Um, why would like it's there's no indication i mean denver has played great basketball consistently yeah they have weaknesses uh but they had like injuries they had uh issues of of, like multiple sorts and they win anyway they won anyway yeah so um it's it's not an easy game it's not easy serious if that is the one that obc ends up playing yeah, they have the best home record in the Western Conference. Yeah, as always, one of their best records. Thir- it's tough to play in Denver. Thirty and six. Yeah, wow. Milwaukee's twenty-seven and six at home. Uh, Toronto's twenty-eight and seven at home. Uh, but yeah, thirty and six is the best record at home right now. The best winning percentage at home. So, it's a. Uh, are you on the Are you on the road right now? It sounds like you're on the yes. road. Yes, <laughs> yes, I'm close to a road. Okay, like very close. <laughs> I had. It's not my usual spot. I know that it's very noisy. I apologize, but no, we had okay. like a lot of issues. Yeah, we did. No, and that, okay. that 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 uh, noise that you heard yeah. was a very very small motorbike. Okay, with some issues to the uh, to the engine probably some <laughs> like not issue. They they overpowered the the motorbike. So <laughs> it sounded yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Anything else before we go, Michele, on this team or tonight or anything? Don't lose hope. I mean, it's don't lose the focus. This is the first year of a project that features Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Stephen Adams, and yeah. very interesting young players. This team didn't have turn. Um, very, oof, Andre Robertson. They didn't have Alex Sabrinas for the majority of the season. And so it, I know that, that, that it's, it's not great to see them playing this way, but um, this is not the, the last year of this score. This mm-hmm. is the first year of this score. Yeah. And so even if, even if it's tough to see them lose, even if it, it's tough to see Russell Westbrook play like that, it's, it's still the first season. And mm-hmm. they showed that they have something different that they can build on. Um, and I think that 
having one year of, of this kind um, under the, their belts will help in the future. And even if, again, they showed no consistency whatsoever, no teams in the West wants to play the Thunder in the playoffs, not even the Warriors. Yeah, It's not easy to play like against a team that can bring elite defense to, uh, to, the, to the table. And the Thunder can. And they had. For in, in spots, that's true, but they had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that this is a good week for them to get back on track. Yes. I think that this, this is an ideal time for them to get back uh, on track. I think they typically play well against Toronto historically. Like, Russell plays well against Toronto historically. So, uh, they get them twice this week, which will be a challenge. But I think they can, I think they need to beat them at home. I think that it would look mm-hmm. good for them to beat them at home on uh, Nick yeah. Collison's uh, jersey retirement night. Um, and I think they need to go beat Miami. Without Russell, they need to go beat them tonight. And yes. I think they'll, they'll need a big night from everybody to, to make that happen. Uh, everybody follow McKelly on Twitter at Mikey Barra. Always great stuff. He has great threads after every Thunder game. Uh, you can follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow our show at Down to Dunk. Uh, make sure you leave us a five-star iTunes review if you've got time today. Have a great Monday. We'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.